0: everyone, welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey everybody, Suzanne Johnson from Grace Financial Coaching. I'm here with my friend Vince Carter today. We are going to be talking about the dumbest thing that Vince has ever done with money. But before we get into that, I want to mention that Vince is the podcast host of CFO at Home, and that can be found on Apple and Spotify and Google and Amazon and anywhere where you can get excellent podcasts. Uh, Vince is a longtime friend of mine. We've known each other for a little while now, and I am so excited that he's joining me today. Hey, Vince, how are you doing?
1: I am doing fantastic, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Excellent, excellent. So tell us about the CFO at Home podcast and how it's helped people.
1: Okay. The concept of CFO at home is it's based on, I'll call it a premise. I I, I think it, it's a reality that in every home, nearly every home, there is one person who ends up assuming uh, in a family, a couple or a family, one person who ends up assuming the financial responsibilities of the family. So they're the person who Uh, Worries about, well, how are we going to retire? How are we going to send the kids to college? That burden usually falls on one person, sometimes because of just their natural inclination to that area, and sometimes just out of default. But regardless of how that falls on them, the purpose of the podcast and the mission of the podcast is to help that person in that mission because that can be a load for an individual to carry. So we try to every week give that person uh, tips, inspiration, information needed to manage through that. Some of that is very practical financial information in terms of budgeting or retirement planning or that type of thing. And some of it's relational because that relational part of of uh, managing household finances is, is so important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one could easily make the argument that it's more about the relationship and the psychology uh, and the habits surrounding money than it is about the black and white dollars on the page, right? Or the black and white dollars on your online banking screen.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I believe, uh, Mr. Ramsey refers to it as what? 80%? Um, Relational twenty percent hit hit knowledge something like right, that. right right yeah twenty yeah.
0: percent it's like twenty percent dollars and eighty percent you know what you're doing with it and your habits or or your lack of habits or your
1: lack of discipline yes yes yes
0: <laughs> yes absolutely yeah so Vince and I know each other uh, through the Dave Ramsey uh, program um, and I really highly recommend the podcast for everybody that's watching right now jump onto one of those podcast um, providers and find CFO at home. It is an excellent show. He has had some very big interviews, including Rachel Cruz. Uh, So go look for that one, especially. So Vince, I created this particular show to help other people realize that while we all make financial mistakes, we can actually learn from the experience of others so that we don't have to make those same financial mistakes. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So Vince, tell us what the dumbest thing you've ever done with money is.
1: All right. Well, first of all, I'll say I had a lot to choose from, but.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
1: if, if we just want to go to dumbest, I think far and away, um, and this goes back about 15 years ago now, uh, I had reached a point in my day job and career where I felt like I needed to um, start my own thing, my own, my own side business. So uh I spent some time researching opportunities, and I decided, particularly in my situation where I still had a full-time job, I read a lot about franchises and franchising. The the whole premise of franchising or the advantage is: hey, we give you a system. You're not just out here creating a business. We're gonna give you the system, we're gonna give you the playbook. You just run the playbook and, and the business will. Will take off, which mm-hmm. that idea is very appealing to a person who has a full time job. So, I decided to go the franchise route. I had a couple of other coworkers at the time who decided to go that same route, uh, and I spent some time researching different franchises. I probably spent I don't know six months. Wow. Um, Doing research, uh, going to different locations, at least at the time, and I assume they still work this way, franchises will have these things called discovery days where you would go and you spend the day at some hotel ballroom and they would wind you down and tell you why their opportunity was the greatest opportunity ever. And after going to a few of those, um, I made the decision to invest in a um, tax service franchise. So, all this time I'm researching this and I'm, I'm talking with my wife about it, and, and we're kind of talking about it. I could tell that she was not nearly as enthusiastic about the idea um, as I was, but at the same time, she didn't want to squash my enthusiasm. So, we were walking that kind of thin line. So I made that decision. I go to training. I um, y- you have to put a significant amount down to quote buy your franchise area, and then there are other expenses that you have to uh, shell out in terms of just setting up your business. So we're going through this, and the moment of truth gets there where I'm going to sign my my name on the line that is dotted, as they say, and I'm talking to my wife about it, and she consents is probably the best way of putting it, but I could tell that she was not with this thing, Mm. but frankly, I was so charged up and uh, all the, the whining and dining and them telling me what a great opportunity it was going to be got me so charged up. I just went ahead and did it anyway.
0: Right, right. And what what were some kind of the warning signs, like body language? Was she, you know, kind of making little comments here and there? What was kind of the indication that she wasn't 100% on board?
1: Body language? The (laughs) – the tone in her voice oh uh, mm. we've been married uh, i mentioned earlier that tomorrow's actually our anniversary uh right. 28 years so oh wow so so even 15 years ago we had been married for a minute uh you can tell by the look in somebody's eyes when they're not down with something mm. it, it it was almost fear because of the amount of money that we were putting out but still, I was so charged up and so in, in the zone that I ignored those big flashing yellow lights.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is a huge uh, indication that maybe we shouldn't do something, right? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so there, we there,
1: were, there, the... there were other <clears> indicators that, that we'll talk about. But yeah, that, that was the big one.
0: So we sign on the dotted line. Right, yes. we make the the initial investment. Is that correct? The the yes. to buy the area. Is that accurate?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. And what transpired after that?
1: Okay, uh, we opened our doors uh, really uh, right as tax season was opening. So there was a lot of rush, rush. It's like we got to mm. get this sucker going now because one thing about. The tax business, as I'm sure you you could probably you know uh, think of. I mean, everybody thinks about taxes, personal taxes. They start think about in January, by April, game over. So you have very little opportunity to make the majority of your income, or, or mm-hmm. yeah, uh, of your income, do the majority of your business. So there was a rush to get the doors open. Everything was rushed. Uh, I'm still learning the business. Even though it's a franchise opportunity, uh, my employees are still learning the business. I am, you know, stroking checks right and left to keep the place Mm -hmm. staffed. Nobody's coming in the door because we're (laughs) brand new. So immediately the the financial walls on the whole deal started to, to close in.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So then we, so what kind of, how long were we open? How long were we in business for?
1: Uh we were <laughs> we were only in business for that tax season. Okay, um, so uh, a, a, a little bit under a year. So I
0: don't think people realize, though. Um, I think they think of franchises sometimes as like Dunkin' Donuts and the McDonald's that are franchised out there, because some of them are still franchised. And um, it's not. Sometimes it's you can't purely rely on brand recognition. It's still a business.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you can't rely on that, but at least with those larger businesses, you do have the brand recognition. The thing about a smaller franchise is the franchise fees are much smaller than something with the name recognition. But on the minor side, there's really not any name recognition.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think people just think of franchises as, oh, you go get a franchise, you open the doors, and it's going to automatically... Be a hit, and that's that's nine. That's maybe ten percent of them, right? You got ninety percent right. that you really have to put blood, sweat, and tears in there, and your own money, uh, as if you were creating a new business from scratch.
1: Right, right. And if you're realistic about it in that way, uh, you you expect it when you're sold it under a different premise. Then that's when things start to get a little a little sticky. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. So we're in business for a year. We close the doors and. We are, uh, we are, we are decompressing. We're recapping, and we're looking back, and we're saying, "All right, fifteen years ago, Vince, what would you have done differently had you had the knowledge you got today?"
1: <laughs> okay, uh, a, a lot of things, uh, to be honest. Uh, I, I, one, out, outside of my wife's reluctance, there there were a lot of warning signs along the way. Uh, probably the biggest single thing was, and and this is the only time in my life I have ever done this. I went into the business with questions in my mind in terms of how the math would work because you get to a point where you're, you know, laying out your, 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 your business plan, you're laying out your financials for the year and you know, you're looking at, and as a matter of fact, I had you submit this to, to headquarters in terms of your plan and my plan, the way I originally laid it out, had me losing quite a bit of money. Wow. So I turned this in and I said, well, well, you know what your problem is? You need more sales. (laughs) (laughs) And these are the things that you need to do to increase your sales. And if you do these things, your sales will increase. You don't really have to spend that much more money. At the time they talked a lot about guerrilla marketing. So you do these things, you can increase your sales, everything will be fine. In <gasps> any other aspect of my life, I would have seen right through that. Yeah. But I was so caught up and they had so convinced me that they were the experts. It's like, well, you know, obviously they, they've been doing this for, you know, decades. They obviously know the business. Sure. And I, I, I kind of took that leap of blind faith, even though I couldn't make the numbers work. So from a financial perspective, I definitely learned to trust my instincts, even if it's something that supposedly I'm working with an expert and they understand it more. No, I'm, I'm always going to trust my instincts because at the end of the day, that feeling of I knew better than this Mm. and I didn't listen to my gut that that is a horrible feeling. So really, if I could go back, um, I think listening to my gut would have definitely been one thing that I would have done because it's not a business. It's a business that can work. I think under certain circumstances, Uh, I don't think I was set up for success the way that they compensated individuals who were supposedly helping you to get launch your business, uh, those people were paid more on the number of businesses or new franchises that opened in a year and not so much your profitability. So there there were people who were pushing me towards getting opened because that's how they got paid. They weren't invested in my profitability.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. You would think that people would get paid. I mean, sure. When, when, when the, you know, the franchise person who's selling you the business has to get paid a little bit upfront, but you would think there would be an incentive for those to stay open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on who in the pipeline you're you're talking to. Um, and, 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 and I can only guess and speculate, but I know that they made a big deal about how many locations they had. So even from their marketing perspective, having a lot of stores meant something to them because it was something that they could pitch. What mm. they didn't tell you was the horrific turnover rate of those stores. Mm. So the store that I started, I sold it to somebody else who, who, by the way, bought it from me for a deep discount because I was so desperate to get out. Sure. On their books, though, that store had been open for two years and three years and four years and five years, even oh. though it burned through heaven only knows how many people getting there.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. That is yeah. so interesting. I like having this. Uh, I do. I do know friends who own franchises, but I just have not gotten this type of detail about how it works before. So what about this experience do you think inspired you to start the CFO at Home podcast?
1: Um, really as much as anything else, it was the personal impact as much as anything else, how it affected me as the CFO of my home, because that's the role that I played at home. And I would also say that with this being my greatest financial mistake, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money, I think it actually for a while eroded a little bit of my credibility wow. as being the person who, oh, you know, you know, Vince knows all about money. He's, he's, he's going to lead our family. Right. And you know, that kind of thing, you know, right. that person, which, you know, kind of makes you feel, you know, that that's a little something you can stick your chest out about when you're doing it right. But when your credibility is hurt like that, Um, it, it just kind of makes you think about that role and that whole responsibility and how important it is to your family to play that role and play it well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. 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 So helping others to play that role and play it well, that's what CFO at home is all about.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, maybe that was back in the day, 15 years ago, that was the seed. You know, that started your podcast, I would think, because this was, you know, you didn't have the ability to go listen to a podcast and hear somebody make mistakes about a franchise or, or like you're doing now interviewing the different CFOs at home, who have the tips and the tricks. So I think this is, this is a learning point for you, but it was a big benefit for the rest
1: of us. Yeah. I, I never thought about it that way because to be honest, uh, CFO at Home's my second podcast. My first podcast was really more directly about that experience, but, but, but CFO at home is as well. So that is very good. I never made the connection.
0: There you go. <laughs> 15 years ago you started a podcast way back here. It just took 15 years or 13 years to come out. So that yeah. is such a good learning experience though. Um, I really appreciate your honesty and sharing your financial blunders with us because, you know, like, as we know, hearing these different stories is going to, it's going to prevent somebody else from either making that same mistake or it's going to cause somebody to step back and ask the questions that you and me didn't ask when we did the dumbest thing we've ever done with money.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. So uh, that that's one of the things uh, that I would have done differently.
0: Vince, we've, we've only got 20 minutes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm booked up the
1: rest of the day. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, quickly then. The, the, the yeah. other thing is, is I, I would have read those signals from my wife um, yeah. and, and, and really heeded that because even if I was not kind of in my right mind at the time, even if I had been kind of seduced by that whole process, the fact that she had so much concern, I really should have been able to have seen through the clouds in my thinking and say, Hey, she's not good with this. I'm not good with this. It could have been that simple.
0: It could have been, but let's flip that on its head. Do you think in the last 15 years, you guys have gotten to a place where now, if you tried to do this and you had those blinders on, do you think that she would speak up more clearly?
1: Yes. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll give you a nice show. So we both learned from that. Uh, I've learned to, to really take her counsel and her instincts um, really more to heart, even if I'm just reading signals. She's learned, frankly, that I'm not infallible. So if I'm really doing something dumb to tell me, you know, that's really not smart.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it just communication, 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 right? It's, it's the... Yes. It's the beginning of a good relationship with money within your relationship, and it's the end of the good relationship with money in your, in your relationship. It's got to have, we've got to have open communication for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: Beautiful. Vince, thank you again for joining me. It's been so good to catch up with you today. I want to encourage everybody to go on their favorite podcast provider and find Vince's latest podcast, CFO at Home, uh, and get those tips and tricks to figure out how to manage. You know, if you're, if you're the nerd in your relationship, this is the podcast for you. Even if you're the free spirit in your relationship, you can learn how the nerds think, right? And get a better understanding for your spouse. So uh, Vince, again, thank you so much. I hope everybody will join us next week for another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. And for those who joined us late today, please check out the YouTube channel and listen to our entire conversation with Vince. Thanks so much, Vince. Talk to you
1: soon. Thanks, Suzanne.
0: again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.